How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars and formula one this is the final inspection show presented by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove now here's your host steve Saki. and welcome to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove and our friends at david hobbs honda and, of course, coming up next week, it's the Labor Day weekend Time Machine Nationals 2020 at Great Lakes Dragway. Yes, it's a two-day spectator ticket, $70. Saturday, they'll be running 9 a.m. till 10 p.m., first time in a decades that they're going to have the front engine nostalgia nitro dragsters those are the old slingshot dragsters make sure you get out there uh it's, it's always a lot of fun seeing those old cars is just so very cool joining me on the great midwest bank hotline as always of course it is the polish pipe on jeff Orlowski. and we we've been out there for this event and it, with those old dragsters it is so cool isn't it jeff yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, weekends of the year that they do out there, which is saying a whole lot because they got cool stuff going on all year long. But uh, you definitely don't want to miss it. The the seventy dollar uh, ticket is is very reasonable. You know, you said it. Nine a.m. to ten p.m. racing, eleven hours basically each day. It's glorious. Yeah, it certainly is. And then a special appearance by Arnie the Farmer Beswick, uh, legendary Hall of Fame uh, drag racer uh, coming up. Of course, he's known for his legendary uh, drags, the, you know, funny funny cars and, and top fuel cars and whatnot uh, back in the day, I should say. <laughs> I should say uh, uh, Pro Stock and, and that the, the old GTOs and whatnot, orange and black, just a legendary driver. And you know what? A heck of a nice guy. So... Uh, make sure you get out there to see Arnie the Farmer Bestwick next week at the Labor Day Time Machine Nationals at the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And yep. uh, and if if you get down there for those Time Machine Nationals, do yourself a favor, 
you know, grab some of the great food, grab a few uh, cold beverages, try to hunt down Roy Henning. And if you see Roy, please do the pipe bomb a favor and, uh, you know, say hi, introduce yourself, and then kick him in the knee and tell him that that's for me because I've been trying to get him on the show here for months and he keeps dodging me. Yes, uh, and we certainly, as as everyone knows, uh, Roy has an open invitation to come out anytime he wants to. So, and we always enjoy when he's on the show. And I tell you, this is the weekend to get out there too, not a, this weekend and next weekend, because uh, as as uh, my friends like to say, uh, th- these are like one of the 15 days in Wisconsin that's worth living here. I mean, this is like perfect weather. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, it's eleven, isn't it, Jeff? Oh, it, yeah, it, by far. This It doesn't get any better than this. This is, you know, if you could sit there and uh, set the temperature and the sun and everything else outside like you do, uh, you're able to on the thermostat inside your house, I would set it to this every single day of the year. It is just glorious. A nice breeze. Sun is out and birds are chirping. Just a beautiful day out here in God's country out in the town of Vernon today. Um, and uh, lots, of course, lots of stuff happening in racing. We're, we're going to get to that in just a moment. Of course, we have the uh, the Indianapolis 500 last weekend. We had two races, at two, two, two races in one at Dover uh, last weekend for the Cup Series. Of course, uh, the uh, Xfinity Series, Truck Series 2. Uh, and then this weekend, uh, IndyCar is at Gateway, uh, just outside of St. Louis. Um, and so lots of stuff to talk about. In fact, we're going to talk to Dennis Michelson coming up at the bottom of the hour. He's been off uh, last couple weekends. Uh, we're going to have Dennis back on the show. Uh, we'll be chatting with NASCAR Cup Series with him, and uh, like I said, at the bottom of the hour. At the top of the hour, we'll be talking to uh, George Phillips from oilpressure.com, great blog that he runs. He's been in the industry for many, many years, getting his uh, feedback on the Indianapolis 500 and what's happening down at Gateway this weekend. And then also, of course, Fast Eddie Lapine will be talking, getting us updated with what's going on at Spa uh, in Formula One today. So uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, Indy 500. A little bit of controversy, wasn't there, uh, Jeff? Yeah, there definitely was at the end there, and uh, and I know we'll get to that. I thought overall, you know, it wasn't the most action-packed race in the world, but it was entertaining. And then depending on what side of the fence you sit on with the finale, you know, the, the end of the race is, uh, is you know, the controversy, whether you think uh, the ending sucked or the ending was the way it should be. Yeah, we'll be talking with George. I want to talk uh, to George about the ratings and kind of that side. Uh, there's some uh, a little bit of controversy there, and I think things that they can change on. And, of course, with Roger Penske in charge, we know that will happen. But a couple of things, uh, I guess my opinion on what happened at Indianapolis. Uh, when the accident happened, uh, Spencer uh, Piggott, of course, hit the uh, the attenuator. That's that uh, uh, safety item that it's kind of like the one it's it's kind of like what you see on the expressway but kind of on steroids um and he nailed that thing hit the wall uh hit the attenuator and then hit the wall uh right with five laps to go and when the field when they got the field gathered up there were like four laps to go and i told everybody that was here including our friend jeff here i was at my house watching the race i said this thing ain't getting there they can't it, it's done it's over because there's a couple couple factors involved. This is not a NASCAR race. 
you can't just get these guys, you know, in, in a NASCAR race, they would have had these guys gathered them up and they would have parked them on the backstretch. You can't do that with an IndyCar. They don't have starters. They got to go into the pits. Uh, you have a compromise turn four. You have crap everywhere, carbon fiber parts. They're trying to get this thing fixed. Uh, so that's not doable. Uh, they would have had to bring the cars into the pits, and you lose a lap there. Then they have to go out of the pits. And not only that, but the tire, you can't just release these guys. you, you got to get the, the tires back up to temperature, too. You can't send these guys into turn one at 230 miles an hour in cold tires. Ain't going to work. Um, so they're just, unfortunately, if, if it may be a lap or two earlier, they could have done that. And not only that, they had to repair the attenuator. And I've heard anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes on the attenuator. Let's just say it's 45 minutes, which that's pushing it. Um, I, I just don't, you know, they were pushing on time. And this goes into where I want to talk to George uh, next hour about having the, the, the late start. Plus, the other thing is, and this is the frustrating thing, and uh, David Land brought this up in his uh, on his thing on, on YouTube this week, which we'll be talking with him uh, next week, getting the feedback, because he's in uh, Gateway this weekend. Um, getting uh, with with the staggered, it wasn't, a, I mean, they were, the NASCAR race started about two-thirds into the Indy 500. You're basically, here you are, NBC, competing against itself. I, I don't know. Uh, now, why they couldn't start it earlier, and here's the other thing. Why do we have an hour and a half pre-rate show for an Indy 500 that has no fans, no celebrities? You can only run so many, uh, you know, cushy, you know, personality uh, little snippets at the beginning. But people are there to see the race. I understand. It's hard for, you know... It, it, Jeff, isn't it kind of hard to, you know, people, you, you hear, uh, you know, so-and-so is going to be the grand marshal, this and that. It, it doesn't move it doesn't move the needle at all, does it? When they have a celebrity grand marshal, you, you do this, that, or the other thing. I, I just don't understand. We would bring in, uh, when, when I worked at the Milwaukee Mile, we would bring in Green Bay Packers. You might get a little bit because there's a chance you could maybe see them. That was at the height of the Packers' popularity coming off of Super Bowl wins and everything. But... Jeff, I, I, could they have fixed this a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. And like you said, an hour and a half pre-race was ridiculous. There's no one in the stands. You're doing this show for for basically, you know, a tenth of the audience. You know, uh, yes, did, did we sit down and, and, you know, it was on the TV uh, at your house when uh, when everybody was over there. Very few people were watching. Now, did I go back and obviously I, I taped the race at my house and everything. And I did go back and I watched it and it was, you know, it was wildly overrated. The only reason I did it is because of tradition, because, you know, that's what I did growing up with my father. So I had my kids on the couch since I didn't watch the race live with them. I made them watch it uh, the following day, but, um, yeah, it was just a it was just a mess, and the fact, like you said, that NBC was competing against itself mm-hmm. with with NASCAR starting at the tail end of of the 500 when the when Spencer Piggott got into that awful awful wreck, and thank God he's okay because man, that looked just that looked so bad. But um, you know, I okay, yeah, they're going to red flag this puppy, and so I went outside and. Uh, 
turned uh, turned a NASCAR race on uh, the Sirius XM app on my phone, and uh, was sitting out there enjoying a couple Marlboro Reds, and then I come in and the race is over. So it, uh, I think that you know, yes, I understand about the starters. I understand about having to bring the cars down pit road when you've got uh, debris all over in turn four and everything like that. You still have to figure out a way to get that race, the biggest race of the year. Those cars spend an entire month in Indianapolis uh, for the 500. It is a double points paying race. There is so much on the line between prestige, uh, between championship points for the season, uh, the glory, the honor, everything that goes along with it to run the last five laps under caution was so anticlimactic to me. I understand, you know, you broke it down, how long it would have taken to fix everything and make everything safe again and all that. And, um, you know, obviously uh, because of the horrific accident, you don't want to skirt some of the safety items uh, to, to finish under green because you just saw a horrific wreck. And if you sit there and you skirt a couple of the safety items, maybe it's even worse the next time. But uh, I understand all that. It was just very anticlimactic for me. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, I mean, I liked uh, one positive about about the outcome, I guess, is that I'm kind of glad a repeat winner won just because the victory lane, although cool, is not the same. Yeah. You know, Sato, Sato's win is not going to compare anywhere close to 2017. Although the flip side of that is that, oh, yeah, you're the guy who won the Pandemic 500. You know, so, I mean, that way it's notable. You don't have all the trappings and all the – but at least it was a repeat winner, whether it was him or Dixon, who also won in 2008. You know, I would have felt bad, let's say, if Marco would have won uh, or, you know, a, a new winner, that would have kind of sucked. But having I a agree. repeat winner, I, I, I think that kind of – that was a little bit of a balm on on the pandemic wound on the 500. What do you think? Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, it was it's great that it was a repeat winner who was able to experience the full experience of Victory Lane at the 500 – all the fans, all the pomp and circumstance, everything that goes along with it, you know, it, very well said and, and a great point made by you. Uh, you know, I'm glad it was a repeat winner as well, and I'm glad it wasn't Scott Dixon because, you know, even though uh, he finished second and we all know that, you know, while technically not 100%, you know, the championship was wrapped up a month ago, for indie car uh it you know it, it still leads a little bit of drama on the table i think yeah i think so and uh it's cool seeing uh bobby rahal uh one of the good guys in racing in victory lane uh although with his other win back in 2004 with buddy Ray rice was a little interesting because that was the last rain shortened one if i recall so uh and they celebrated in the garage uh went with the huge rainstorm or thunderstorm that hit the speedway right at the end of the race. So uh, kudos to Ray Hall and Letterman and Lanigan for their win, along with Takuma Sato, one of the good guys in racing too. One of my favorite accents, his hybrid uh, Japanese-English accent, which is so cool. Uh, big fan of him. Glad he won. 
Um, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're hey, they're racing at Daytona, Jeff. We had we saw some racing last night with the Xfinity series. We're gonna talk about that. A lot of talk about it in the Xfinity series. Uh, you know, it's cool watching them on the road course, but you know, it's also very very cool to see them uh, on the Rovo once again, which they were. So we'll talk a little Xfinity racing from last night coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and our friends at David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union, along with our friends at David Hopsonda, Steve Zaki, along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. Jeff, I was naughty. I shouldn't even do this. I don't know why I do this. You know, you go through, you go on social media during the break, and I'm just flipping through Facebook, just seeing, checking on a few things. And, you know, there's, there's one person who's a friend. I don't really know her, but it's always drama with her. And now, like, it sounds like she actually has some real drama. But I'm like, you know, it's always drama with you. So now here you got some new drama. I'm almost like, it's not like the the, the, the boy that cried wolf. But, you know, you're all, everything is, you know, the end of the world. Now you actually have a kind of serious situation. I'm kind of like, meh, because everything else is. You know what I mean? It's just, Oh, yeah. I just. Yeah, I hear you. I, uh. You know, I've, there's a couple people on, on my social media that are the same way. and You look at it, and it's like, oh, my God, again. And then, you know, half the time you're like, why in the hell are you putting your personal crap out there on exactly. social media? Uh, you know, I did the uh, the, the suburban thing and uh, joined that Nextdoor app, mm-hmm. and I get all these alerts and emails and stuff, and it's all like a bunch of whining old ladies. Oh, my God, and all these kids are making a lot of racket walking down the street. Can you believe this? And that, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, you know, there's definitely people that thrive on the drama. Oh, and, uh, I, I, I announcement. I have a announcement on the final inspection show. Steve Zotke has declared the throwback movement in NASCAR has jumped the shark. <laughs> it sucks. It's it sucks. It's, so it's absolutely. Thank you, Mitch. What a great producer <laughs> Mitch Ross is. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, it sucks. It, you know, it got old. Uh, I don't know, five, ten years ago. Uh, well, we we complain every year say... about how the numbers. Uh, you know, they don't have the right. Uh, the right shade and all this kind of stuff. It's just it it, it sucks, and it, it's it's over. It's overblown. You know, painting painting your car red does not make it the Budweiser car. You know, no, no, uh, I, 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 I got a, I got here, here's a, here's a red car and, and here's a white, white stripe. Now it's like Bill Elliott's car. No, wrong. Yeah. You guys got to give yeah. a little more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now we're getting into now, and, and now we're getting into obscure cars. Now the seven car did it understand cause it's his dad, but you know, okay. Family. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a waiver on that one, but some of these that are coming out. I just shake my head at, you know, so very very mm-hmm. frustrating you know they're and what they're trying to do i think more 
they're, they're trying to tie it in a little bit with something. They're looking for ways instead of just you know go go page through an old Winston Cup uh, periodical. You know those well hard volume books, those yearbooks. Go through an old Winston Cup yearbook, and just take a if you see let's say you know Jeff the the Jeff. Jeff Orlowski racing uh, number 87. Okay, well, let's go look for an 87. Okay, there's some Joe Nemechek stuff, you know, stuff. Maybe uh, Buck Baker back in the 60s and 50s. You know, something like that. Or, you know, just something to kind of match it up that way. And, hey, I like, kind of like that. Instead of trying all this, uh, do you see Jimmy Johnson? He's doing an Earnhardt Petty one. Yeah. You know, Petty on the top, Earnhardt on the back. Uh, Earnhardt on the side. I can tell you all the Earnhardt fans don't care about Jimmy Johnson. No. <laughs> they hate Jimmy Johnson. They hate Jeff yeah. Gordon. <laughs> and they could care less, you know. So, you know, I just forget the olive branch. You know, they're 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 sticking it in their little uh, pipe and smoking it. So, all right, let's get back to Daytona last night, Jeff. Yeah, a little uh, controversy at the end of that one too, Steve. Um, well, you know, when you drive like a jackass most of the time, when you make a jackass move again, that may or may not be your fault, you're going to get the blame. And that's why we always come up on this show. You know, you give breaks and you you get a reputation. So when you do kind of F up, they give you the benefit of doubt. And nobody is giving him the end of the doubt. No, course, you know, uh, Ross Chastain has, has proved, uh, you know, a whole lot that, that he doesn't mind wrecking race cars. And, uh, you know, the fact that college racing was uh, running, I think, at that dominating. point. They were, yeah, they dominating. Were dominating. One, two, race. three again. Most of the race they were running one, two, three. You had Allmendinger in the lead, Chastain following him. He, you know, he punts him. And ends up crashing himself, and, uh, and then their teammate Justin Haley got the win. But well, fine, um, but you tore up you tore up a couple of cars. Yeah, you tore up good. You know, you tore up uh, two out of the three race cars. You could have, uh, you know, they could have had just an amazing finish for that team. You lost money. You you screw and 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 piss off your teammate. Uh, I understand that uh, Chastain is running for the Xfinity title. He doesn't have a win yet this year, His, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. He wants to sit there and get in victory lane. A.J. Allmendinger wants to get in victory lane, too. You know, supposedly A.J. is retired, but he still runs, you know, uh, races here and there. You know if somebody offered him a halfway decent ride, he'd be right back behind the wheel. And so, you know, he's trying to prove himself. He wants to add a trophy into his collection. And all that, and and he punted him. Yeah, you know, and and I thought Almendinger was very controlled in what he said, but it was one of those you read between the lines type interviews, and yes. and he basically the 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 thing you got to hear is I thought he would have gave a teammate the benefit of the doubt, and yeah. that speaks volumes. It really does. Because you have a veteran driver who's been doing this for a while. He's been doing it for about 15 years now. And, you know, um, he, you know he, A.J. Allmendinger is a very, very talented driver. He has, didn't get really the success I'm sure he wanted, but he has, re- has achieved 
a decent amount of success. And most of all, he's got a lot of respect in that garage area. And I can tell you right now, Chastain does not. No, he doesn't. He, uh, what was more surprising to you in that race, Steve, that, uh, uh, good old Jeffrey Earnhardt, your your buddy, crashed out early, or that Chastain he, caused that wreck right there at the end. Two, the two. Uh, well, and the first one wasn't really his fault, but I mean he was there. So there again, once again, reputation. Uh, right. Yeah, you know Earnhardt again. Just if if his name was <laughs> Zaki, he would have been out of a ride, you know, years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, he's living on that name and name only, and uh, oh, it, it's it's comical. And then you know it was it, it was very, and you know we, we we don't like dancing you know on people's failures and that, but it was really when he was in that Joe Gibbs car last year, I mean it, it really spoke volumes that he was in over his head, you know. Oh yeah, and you, you know, know you I can mean, tell I, when when you know guys get a big step up in equipment whether they're able to produce or not produce. Like uh, a good example for me is, is Bubba Wallace. How good of a cup driver is Bubba Wallace? I have no idea. And I don't know because the equipment that he's in sucks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all apologies to uh, the King Richard Petty, but, you know, it's an underfunded team, and, and Bubba Wallace's cars are, are, for the most part, awful. Now, has he had a, a few good finishes? Yes. Did we just go five or six weeks up until uh, this latest uh, civil unrest thing where Bubba went back out on Twitter and, and got his name in the news again? Uh, up until then, like six weeks passed, you never heard of him. You know, they didn't mention his name once. They barely showed his car because, you know, when you're running in 27th, uh, you're not going to get talked about during the broadcast. So you know, uh, it was a, a very it was very telling when Earnhardt got in into that Gibbs car and and completely threw up all over his shoes. So in all fairness, they probably the uh, colleague racing probably would not have finished one two three, but they probably would have finished one two four or maybe one two five. Instead, they finished one sixth and fifteenth and had a totaled car. And another torn-up car, although it was, he was able to get across the finish line. But uh, tip of the hat to Gray Galding and the yeah. Bobby Dodder team, the 07 team. Uh, that's a team that it is, uh, you know, every you know every week it's it's a bit of a struggle for them. And to see them come across in second place, uh, happy to see, of course, Bobby Dodder, long, long time uh, fixture in Midwest racing here in late models, ASA racing. And of course, his father, Bob Dodder, too, uh, for many years raced. Uh, Chase Briscoe, once again, third, and I tell you what, it wasn't looking good for him for a while. Uh, not, not the best day for, for the, for really for the Fords in general, who were trying to, uh, team up and, and, but just couldn't, couldn't do anything for the, the colleague racing team who was just so strong. Uh, Riley Herbst came across in fourth, although he was running towards the rear of that first main pack, most of the race. Harrison, uh, Burton, of course, uh, fifth. Uh, Michael Annette always runs good on the on, on here at the and at Talladega top ten finish for him. And then uh, Austin Sindrick, Austin and Sindrick, and Chase Briscoe, those are the two Fords that were really really trying to uh, gang up and and maybe get get some help, but just was couldn't do anything for Colleague Racing. And uh, Jesse Little in the four car, um, I, I that's a talented kid and that's a kid who's who's 
I'd love to see him in a better car, you know, somehow maybe get a sponsor package and, and get a peek in another one of the top top cars to see what he can do. Because he overachieved in the truck series with that family, uh, with that family-based team. Of course, son of uh, Chad Little. Uh, I like the kid. Drives, good driver and doesn't drive over his head. Um, let's see, who was the other guy I wanted to, oh, uh, the 15 car, Kobe R. Kobe Howard. I don't know. He was in that red car. I don't know if you saw him, but the crashes. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. Uh, he made a couple of moves that <laughs> it didn't look good. You know, no. and I, I really hope I, you know, he, he, I don't know if he is a rookie. He's been around for, yeah, but I mean, he just, yeah, he, he made a couple moves there. Now, granted, Super Speedway cars, those cars don't stop very well. For those who might not know it, they run the brakes apart. The brakes are usually the brakes are almost just touching the rotors. They give them a little extra space just so the wheels are freewheeling to get a little more speed. So when you press, you know, they all, you'll always hear this when the cars are coming into the pits. They always like, you know, pump your brakes, pump your brakes, get, you know, get the pump up the, the, the volume of the brakes and then get the pads. So when you brake, they actually gonna hit the rotor, so and if, there was a couple of times Colby Howard he saw him in the back just flying all around. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and he did not have a good night, although he finished 12. So you know he yeah, was no, able was, to you know, he was he was all over the track, but he made it across the finish line at 12. He did, and I I rewound a few of those uh, those wrecks and and just watching him. And, so you and were, yes. so you did notice that, okay? Oh, I did, and I, I had a good chuckle on that as well. And uh, but you know uh, I do want to give a shout out to both Briscoe and Cindric. Now you know they have basically dominated the entire season, and so they're they're in phenomenal equipment and and everything like that. They are at just a gargantuan disadvantage when it comes to any of the plate races because they are the only two Fords in the entire field. And now that you have the racing where it's teams and manufacturers that team up, try to run nose to tail all, you know, three, four, whatever, however big your team is, try to get all your cars in a line. So you're making great time and everything like that, which sure came back to bite, uh, uh, junior Motorsports in, in, in the rear when uh, that one wreck took out basically their entire team. But, um, you know, for a, a two cars from, from Ford in the entire field and for them both to finish in the top seven is, was, was excellent, even though, you know, I, I do realize that they're, they're in phenomenal equipment and have been dominating the series. Yeah, certainly is. And, well, don't feel too sorry for our listeners. Uh, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe have 11 of the 22 uh, wins this year on the Xfinity Series. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come when we come back, we'll talk to Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media, talking Cup Series at Dover and, of course, this weekend, tonight at Daytona, coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from D-Mike Media. It is Dennis Michelson. Dennis, welcome back to the show, sir. 
Hello, Dennis. Hello, Steve. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well there. We lost you for just a moment. Not a problem. And, of course, uh, last week, two races, two for one, uh, back in uh, Dover. Not one of my favorite tracks, but I've, I've uh, uh, B&M'd about that on this show before. Uh, but not a surprise, was it? Of course, uh, we had on Saturday, Denny Hamlin, and Sunday, Kevin Harvick. Uh, basically, you know, sweeping the stages. Uh, Hamlin leading 115 laps on Saturday, and Harvick winning 223 on Sunday. Not a surprise, was it, Dennis? No, not a whole lot. And I was a little disappointed with both races. Um, The first race, kind of understandable when you're running a doubleheader and these cars are so sensitive that nobody wants to get close to anyone to mess up their car, which they then would have to use the next day or go all the way to the the back. And, And I was a little disappointed mainly because NASCAR got it right. They gave them more horsepower back. They came down on the downforce. That's the Dan Gurney rule, you know, in full form. And they still couldn't get good racing out of it. And, of course, had some problems with the track, you know, breaking up, uh, you know, a little bit over the weekend as well. It's just, I don't know. I don't like these doubleheader weekends because the first race, everybody's afraid to touch each other. And then the second race, it just seems kind of anticlimactic anyway. But at the end of the day, the two guys that are, have been the biggest, you know, one-two punch this year um, did what we've expected them to do. Well, yeah. Dennis, two things. First off, uh, you know, I'm proud of you. You had the last couple weeks off of the show. You only called me for bail money three times. So that uh, we're getting better in, in that regard. Uh, this being last weekend being the third and final doubleheader weekend for NASCAR, and I know that uh, you just gave your thoughts that you know you're not a huge fan of it. Um, do you overall would you call it a success for NASCAR with these doubleheaders? You realize there was three of them. You had Pocono, Michigan, and Dover. There was only two different winners. Harvick and Hamlin uh, won all of the six, uh, six races in those doubleheader weekends overall do you think it was a a success for nascar well first of all thank you very much for the bail money um you know it was i I was i was glad i could keep the uh total for three events down to two thousand yeah me too that's that's a first for me um (laughs) but no i don't think they were a success um were the ratings any better no um, so I don't know how you could call it a success if the ratings are better and the racing is not better. Wow, that must have must have been that question must have tugged at your heartstrings. Sounds like you're about to cry. <laughs> the, I like them, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. And I realize that yes, the 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 first race is, is boring because these guys. If you go to a backup car, you got to start in the back. I do like them because uh, what we talked about when they announced this kind of, uh, the the new you know the COVID schedule. I, I'm happy that we got both races in Pocono done in one weekend, so I didn't have to dread a a race uh, in two you know two weeks in, in a six week span at the same track. Same thing with Michigan, not the most exciting track. I'm glad that they were able to knock those out. I think the best thing for 
the in favor of NASCAR and these double headers is the shortened uh, mileage because they're a lot more TV friendly. You get in, you get out. The races are two, two hours, two and a half hours max long. And so you're not sitting there making the TV viewers sit for four hours to watch a 500 or a 400 mile race. They, they get them in, they get them done. Yeah, I, I don't mind the shorter distances. I've uh, said for years I don't have a problem with the non-classic races being shortened distances. Um, but, again, when you shorten the distance, one of the, the aims is to have more excitement from start to finish. Maybe you'd accomplish this if you weren't screwing up the strategy with all these stage breaks. Maybe that's the biggest problem. How about trying the shorter races, doing away with the stage breaks? You can still award points at the end of this fictitious race to, you know, the first stage, the second stage, without stopping the race. Do not affect the strategy. You can still score it. I I just don't understand the, the logic because with the shorter races, I mean, we've had some times where that first segment in some of these races, 12 laps, and then we're, you know, we're, we're done with the first segment. It's just insane. We had, um, you know, last night on the, on the nationwide race, you had a 10-lap competition caution, and then at 30 laps, the, the, uh, the stage was going to be over. It just it screws up the strategy. Of, of a race and doesn't allow a race to just naturally happen, you know. So if we're going to go to these shortened events, and even if we stay with the long events, let's just do away with the stage breaks. You can still award stage points without stopping the race. We haven't missed less racing because of the extra commercial breaks. They're still taking the commercial breaks when they when they want to take them. So there is no reason whatsoever to stop the race at the end of these stages no i i totally agree uh certainly frustrating i tell you what did you see uh i think it was the fox uh, nascar t- uh, show during the week it was showing how can martin Truex, who's been kind of been lost in with, with what hamlin and and harvick have been doing but there, his consistency recently uh, his finishes in the last seven races, he's, he's finished third, 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 second, second. Oh That's yeah, amazing. he's been on a tear. Well, it, and nobody it, notices. It's more amazing. Oh yeah, it, well I've been noticing because he's been going up my power rankings steadily um, over on uh, FriendStretch.com. He's up to third in my power rankings now. And what has impressed me the most about this uh, this little streak of great racing he has the worst luck when it comes to these you know pill draws for for starting position in the first race of the double headers he's consistently starting uh, about you know at the 75 percent or worse of what his luck could could draw him he's he never draws the pole and yet this guy has been able to put on an incredible run of racing it took him a while to get used to the new crew chief. It's taken him a while to get used to no practice because I think this is a driver who usually gives such great feedback that uh, they get the car tuned in. 
by the time you know it's race time, usually in a in a typical NASCAR weekend, and it's also a guy who's really missing qualifying because he's consistently one of the top qualifiers in Cup. He may not win that many polls, but he is consistently in the top five when it comes to qualifying, and he's missed out on that. It has been a tremendous run by Martin Truex Jr. It certainly has. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Dennis Michelson coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for all the latest and new and certified used Hondas. Uh, I'd like to thank them for their support joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Of course, it is Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. Dennis, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Matt DiBenedetto is a weightlifter. I, I knew he was into, uh, you know, getting into shape and everything, but uh, he was doing some lifts, some deadlifts. That's some serious weight he's been uh, showing on Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's able to outdo me by about 30, 40 pounds. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed by that. <laughs> you're just behind him, though. I've seen you. You're, you're a little V. V with those big real shoulders close, of yours. man. Real, real, <laughs> real close. I'm working on it. You know, I. And, but, but I, if it was equated for age, I'd have him though. You know, age <laughs> and weight. You know, that that would be it. Age, weight, and height. I'd have him really be. You know, and it, and it looked like you know when Michigan came around, you know he he seemed to be pretty well locked into the playoffs on, on points alone, but that 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 points those points have eroded away and is pretty much in the danger zone entering tonight's race. Now the good news is that he's been usually able to run run pretty strong in the restrictor plates, including uh, Daytona. But as we know, anything can happen. So if he gets caught up in a big one, he could be in deep trouble when it comes to making the playoffs this year, isn't he? Yeah, but who cares? Because if you look at the playoffs since they've expanded it to 16, those lower four guys are sort of the sacrificial lamb. You know, they're they're not going to make a run. They're just not going to make a run. There's a reason that they're just barely scraping into the playoffs, and that's the reason that they'll be out after three races. Okay. I Jeff, what do you think? Do you think Matt 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 has a chance though of sneaking in and getting into the next round in the playoffs? Uh, you know the the Wood Brothers they they bring good stuff to uh, to the play tracks and all that. I think he's going to get in. Uh, the interesting fight for me is uh, Bowman and Jimmy Johnson teammates going head to head, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I do hope that it's you know that one is in and one is out. And, I'm rooting for Bowman to get in. I'm tired of, of Jimmy, but uh, you know, I, I think that would be a very exciting to watch, especially with it being a battle between two teammates. I hope yeah, we get to see somebody. I hope we get to see somebody win to earn their way in, not just point race their way in. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to see somebody sit there and 
you know, get uh, get lucky or uh, do a strategy move to win a stage and get 10 easy points that way and then sneak in by a point or two, I would definitely like to see uh, somebody on, on the bubble uh, either below or just above to take the checkered flag tonight. That'd be good. I would like that too. Uh, one of the things in the NASCAR is is you're seeing this more and more on their content, and especially with their partnerships now they've been building, and uh, that that is odds and and, and encouraging uh, sports gambling. And uh, this week they they did the Daytona bot uh, some de- um, they did some listed some Fox bet odds. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, a couple long shots or value picks, I should say, that they listed, where there was the aforementioned Matt Benedetto at 20-1 to 1, and Eric Jones at 25-1, to 1, which I totally agree with with, with those two, uh, especially with you know Eric Jones and JGR. Anything can happen with him. And then some interesting long shots that they have. They have Ryan Newman at 50-1. At to 1. Of course, we all know what happened to him in the first race of the year. Chris Boucher at 50-1, to 1, which I think is pretty good because, uh, you know, we're, Roush Fenway, if anybody could come in and sneak in a win, as we were just talking about, it could be Chris Buescher. Uh Michael McDowell, too, at 80, 80 to 1. Interesting bet there. I don't know if, if he can do it. I would pick Chris Buescher at 51 over McDowell at 80 to 1. Uh, Jeff, you, you had some odds, too, didn't you? Yeah, obviously, Denny Hamlin is the favorite. He's dominated Daytona. He won the 500. Uh, you know, he's really great at that track and on plate tracks. And besides, he's dominating uh, the uh, the season as well, along with Kevin Harvick, who is number two in the favorite ranks, along with Joey Logano. They're at uh, they're both at plus 900. And so, you know, not a whole lot of money to be made with uh, with the top three there. Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, plus 1400. And, you know. Uh, you know it's 2020 and a crazy year when Kyle Busch has some long odds on him uh, when it comes to a race this close to the playoffs. Certainly is. Dennis, what do you, who, who do you like uh, to win? And then, uh, you know, with some of the men- things that I mentioned and Jeff mentioned for Betty Dons or a long shot, who do you like? Yeah, I would say I'll take Martin Shrex Jr. this week as my pick. I think he's been kind of knocking on the door. He'll get it. He could get it done this week. As far as one of the long shots, I would take uh, anybody over the 40 to one mark because there's such an equal field here that you could have something weird happen. Um, You know, so be Benedetto or somebody like that at high odds is a pretty good play this week. But uh, I'd like to see more of the prop bet stuff get talked about because there are some interesting prop bets that are out there as far as leading laps and stuff like that, that, um, that, that are kind of, you know, there for the taking without having to get the winner. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's plate racing. We don't have a dominant plate racer right now. I mean, I know Hamlin won in the, uh, you know, to start the season, but I don't think we have that one plate racer, uh, like we had years ago with Earnhardt, you know, won 10 times at Talladega, and, you know, won everything at, at Daytona except for the 500 until he finally won it once. But I, I think we don't have that dominant plate racing guy. 
Another guy that I kind of like, though, is Chase Elliott. Um, if it runs in the DNA, uh, you got to give Chase a chance this weekend as well. All right, very good. Dennis, we certainly appreciate uh, you spending time with us. Looking forward to doing it next week. And when we come back, we'll talk with George Phillips from OilPressure.com, talking IndyCar coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 